0: It's Friday night. I'm Welcome to week number 185 of the two guys in a Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis.
1: Hey Steve. Had a great time at GalaxyCon last week this it week. It was know, a good
0: one. Uh, they
1: were they were they did well, I will say that.
0: I I, I it's by far the biggest, most attended GalaxyCon we've had in Richmond ever.
1: I agreed 100%. I mean, they, they, it was a stacked lineup, so it does not surprise me one bit.
0: Did you get to go to any of the panels?
1: Uh, I did go to the Boy Meets World panel. Um, that was the only one. Yeah, I did but Boy was, Meets
0: World and I did Goonies as well this
1: year. Nice. How was Goonies?
0: It was good. Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, Corey Feldman definitely thinks he's the far superior actor of the two of them that were there and uh, proved that point many times while he, like, tried to, like, I don't know, overshadow everything the other person said, but uh, Uh-oh. you know, I,
1: I realized after the fact that I should have, I should have put something together for like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to get signed because he's Donatello, he's in the first right? movie. Yeah, I th- one of one of yeah, I think Donatello he's in the first one. Super Shredder uh, I didn't realize this until this weekend, but Kevin Clash is splintered in the first two movies. Oh
0: yeah, someone did mention that too. Yeah, and
1: then uh yeah, and then if I so Corey Feldman isn't in the second one, but of course Kevin Nash is in the second one, so I could have done like. I don't know if I had, if I had it all together, I would have planned better. I guarantee you
0: we'll run into vanilla ice at some con at some point too.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing is, I don't know when we're going to, I don't know if or when we'll see Corey Feldman again. That's the hard part.
0: Yeah. That's the hard part. Yeah. But yeah, uh, tickets are already on sale for 2024. You know that we'll be back there again.
1: Uh, I think they're going to just be bigger and better next year after the success of this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much bigger they can get, honestly, but uh, right get your tickets now cause they're cheaper. So go ahead and do it. Why not? Two hundred and forty yeah. something dollars for the VIP, which gets you to the front of every autograph line and like guaranteed seating and like the panels and yeah. stuff like that. So. And if you're an autograph
1: person, especially for the bigger names, then that VIP pass was,
0: it'll save you hours. Honestly, Gold.
1: Yes. Gold.
0: Um, few things to get out of the way. Thanks to El Noir for the theme song this week.
1: Thanks, El Noir. We appreciate it. I appreciate it.
0: TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to send in your own version of the theme song. And make sure you're following us on all social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at TGIFcast.
1: That's us.
0: And uh, I guess we'll mention, too, that at GalaxyCon, we did hold our uh, our brackets to determine what was the... Mo- or- which house of all of the TGIF houses would you like to live in the most? And this was all like audience voted on while we were there.
1: But we're not going to tell you the winner we're now not. because okay. we're going to probably air that, maybe, let's at some point. It. And if we decide not to air it, we'll tell you what it was.
0: I thought about putting up the uh, the photo of the uh, final brackets, like the final four and everything, so you can see it. But uh, I'll wait until we decide what. We're yeah, gonna let's do wait. That episode. Let's wait. Cool. Um, so, we do like to see what was going on in the world 30 years ago, the week that these episodes would have aired. I know that, uh, Family Matters was on reruns this week. We've got a brand new step-by-step, Where I Live, and Getting By, but, uh, these episodes would have aired when in 93?
1: These would have aired Friday, April 2nd, 1993.
0: So, I just pulled one story this week on March the 29th, 1993, was the uh, 65th Annual Academy Awards, and, uh... I look through the I I don't remember a lot of these movies being like number one in the box office the week that they uh, came out or were out for a while. But uh, yeah, yeah. big winners included Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood, Al Pacino, Son of a Woman, uh, Emma Thompson and Howard's End and uh, Marissa Tomei and My Cousin Vinny.
1: The famous Marissa Tomei Best Supporting Actress win.
0: Yeah. Um, nothing else really jumped out of me. Uh, Aladdin won Best Original Score. We've got a uh, TGIF connection for Aladdin, of course.
1: Of course, absolutely,
0: and uh, Best Song as well for A Whole New World,
1: which is another great. And that that was number one for a couple weeks. That one was, uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep.
0: There were two Aladdin songs nominated the same year, and a lot of times I have the theory that if there's two people nominated for the same category in a movie, they split the votes. Not this case. Aladdin still mm-hmm. taking home the award.
1: I think that's the second. So, friend like me, and it's probably the second time, or well, it was the first time, but one of two times that Robin Williams has been nominated for an Oscar in the. Oh no, no, he wasn't nominated in for for South Park, but he performed the South Park song at the Academy Awards of the year that song no. wasn't nominated. So okay, got all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't nominated, but he he performed it.
0: Uh, what about movies and music this week in 93? What was number one?
1: Nothing new. So Teenage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time, number one movie. And then Snow Informer still at number one.
0: Uh, any birthdays this week? No birthdays. So let's get into it. It's a brand new step-by-step. Step. It's coming on at 8.30 p.m. This is season two, episode 21. The Unnatural is the name of this episode. And it starts off, family's getting home, everyone's celebrating. It's a big baseball victory. Al and Brendan's team are going to the championships.
1: And, number 1. Uh,
0: they're number 1 in their division, but the problem is they lost a player. Someone broke or sprained his ankle or something and they're going to need another player to replace him.
1: Yeah, I was trying to remember if this was one of the cuz they mentioned two players like in this like beginning of the episode and I was trying to remember if either of them were the one that Al had a crush on for like mm-hmm. a minute in that one episode, but I didn't I didn't go back and do the research.
0: So they're trying to figure out who they're going to get for this player. They're like running through the list. But uh, Mark kind of mentions to his mom that, well, he mentions to the whole group that he wants to play. They kind of ignore him. But then he talks. Well, to he's to doing Mark.
1: that loud, like, <clears throat> <clears throat> you know, like trying to get their attention as they're saying they need somebody.
0: Yeah. They they know Mark is not the uh, athlete that Al and Brendan are. So they ignore him. Uh, I guess Frank and Al and Brendan and maybe uh, Cody as well. They all kind of go off into the kitchen, leaving Carol and Mark in the uh, living room to talk about uh, how bad he wants to play baseball.
1: Yeah. And he's like, she could tell that he wanted to play. And she says, Mark, did you, did you want to play? Did you want to say something? He's like, yeah, I do. I really would like to, that'd be great. he's like, but he's like, I'm scared. And she's like, just go in the kitchen and tell them it'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And he has a
0: little confidence here. He thinks he can do well playing baseball. He knows all of the physics behind hitting. And he thinks he can transfer that over to become a great player. So she encourages him. Go stand up for yourself, be a man, and tell him that you want to play. Do it. So that's what happens after the theme song. We come back to the kitchen. Uh, Frank is telling Alan, Brendan that he might have found a player. And they mention something like the kid's blind. You can't even see. And then uh, they... Then, uh, that's when I think, uh, Carol tells Mark to, uh, or something like Mark mentions it or whatever about that. He wants to play.
1: Carol mentions it first. Carol says, Hey, that you should, uh, you guys should let Mark play. And they're like, no, absolutely not. No.
0: Yeah. They'd rather take the blind player. And this is all
1: Mark. of them, not just the kids, but like Frank, Co- everyone is like, well, I don't know about Cody, but Frank and the kids are like, absolutely not.
0: Yeah. And as, uh, Carol's trying to get Mark to play. Frank's like Carol I need to talk to you in the living room real quick so she he takes her into the living room while the rest of them are still in the kitchen and just kind of explains if we take him we're going to lose we cannot take him
1: yeah and and Carol's like you know it's the right thing to do every kid should have a chance it's his dream to play and she's absolutely right like she is a hundred percent like just let the kid play it's the championships Travis it's not like they're com- so. Look, I thought about this. I had, I had some, I had some moral backs and forth on this one. Here's my, here's my thoughts. If they were on like a travel AAU, like truly competitive team, which I don't get the impression that they are, I would, I would have a little bit more understanding from Frank. It's like, it's not just fun. It, there is like things at stake. Those are the kind of leagues people play in that get scholarships and go on to higher levels of baseball. If you are the like the local community baseball team. It doesn't matter. Just let the kid play. Put him out on the field. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. It really is truly about having fun.
0: So I coach low level neighborhood <laughs> soccer.
1: Five year, six year olds, five, six, seven year olds. Yes, you do.
0: A regular game during the during the season, I try to get every single player in. I know that we have one or two players that are real good, and if I left them in the entire game, we would probably win more games. But I cycle everyone through. I get the people that stand there and do absolutely nothing. I get them in.
1: That's what you're supposed to do.
0: If this was the championship game, they would never go in the game. I would put my star players in. They would score 10 goals. We would win. Everyone, including the players that sat out and didn't play, would be happy to get the trophies and win. And that's how it is.
1: No, it doesn't matter. At that level, it doesn't matter. All that matters is kids playing and having. These fun. kids
0: want to win. Even at five and six years old, they want to win. Then,
1: then, then their coach needs to teach them. That's not the most important thing.
0: It is the most important thing.
1: <laughs> not when you're seven.
0: So after this, um, Carol has made Frank feel so bad at this point. She, he eventually agrees. All right, I'll let him on the team. And he does. Yep. Uh, so next scene, uh, we've got Karen and Dana, they're in the kitchen, they're talking about an article that was written in the paper, they really didn't like how it uh, portrayed women, so they're like, alright, we're gonna write a letter to the editor to uh, let them know that we do not agree, and as they're talking about writing this this letter, uh, JT and Cody come in, and they start defending uh, the writer, saying that no, women should not be in combat, they're they can't handle stress. They're not as strong as right. men, and it really pisses off the two uh, the two
1: women. I will say one thing: it, it is really JT. I, I don't. I wouldn't say Cody has much to say. He just kind he, of is sitting in the back. He
0: makes a couple agreeing uh, like comments, showing that he agrees with JT. I'd say
1: I don't just. Dis- yes, you're right, but he's not as vocal. He's no, not as for you sure. Know. Yeah.
0: So, um, I think this is where
1: Dana well, steps up. Well,
0: first Karen's like Karen says like. She tries to defend the whole, like, saying that she can handle stress. Like, she has to do moisturizer and her nails and her hair all at 6 o'clock in the morning. And it's a whole lot of stress. And uh, then JT's like, well, women are weaker. And then Dana challenges JT. Well, if you think women are weaker, why don't we have a little competition to determine once and for all who the superior sex is? The way we'll do this is... You and Cody will stay up as long as you can. Me and Dana or Karen will stay up as late as we can. And the last one to fall asleep can determine that their sex is the superior one of them all.
1: I don't know if that's the best measure, but sure, whatever.
0: (laughs) So that's going to be our little side angle going on during this uh, majority baseball episode. Yes. So then we go to Frank. Uh, He's taking Al. Uh, uh, I
1: do want to mention, I'm surprised you didn't mention this, but. JT and Cody now have like a handshake they did they did like a. Oh, I a, missed the handshake oh uh, it was the whole you know family matters tips whole they got a thing they got a thing now
0: I wonder how long that keeps going probably multiple episodes I would assume
1: uh, We'll see. I'm not optimistic but we'll see
0: so Frank's taking Mark in the backyard to practice uh some baseball Al's back there I don't know if Brendan's back there or not but uh no
1: I don't believe so I think it was just Al and, and Frank
0: they uh start with hitting And uh, Mark explains to uh, Frank the physics of hitting the ball, and uh, he's like, all right, well, loosen up your grip a little bit. And he's like, throws him the ball, and Mark swings. He lets go of the bat because Frank just told him to loosen his grip. It almost hits Frank in the head.
1: Just chucks it at him.
0: Um, And then... They try fielding, because he's like, all right, no more bats going to hit me in the head, so let's try fielding. So he's like, oh, they call me the human vacuum cleaner or something. That's what Mark says. And then, like, Frank throws him a couple, like, lob balls, and he misses all three of them. And he's like, all right, well, I think it's time for a break.
1: Yeah. So Mark goes inside, and Alan and Frank start just freaking out that, that this kid is on the team.
0: Yeah, but Frank's like... All right, we, I, we agreed we'll let him on the team, but that does not mean that we have to let him play. I'm not going to let him play in the championship. The Steve
1: the Steve philosophy of coaching. Yeah, trust me, it's the right way to
0: go. Carol comes <laughs> in. Uh, she gets home, and uh, Frank tells Carol that the plan is to bench Mark, and uh, she gets real mad at him, grabs the garden hose, shoves it down his pants while it's on, and just starts spraying water on his balls.
1: Yeah. I, I do want to say one thing that I think we've kind of glossed over a little bit is that Mark, throughout this episode, and especially at the most like opportune moments, just is telling Frank how much he appreciates and letting him yeah, be on the sure. team, yeah. how much of a dream it is to him, how he just can't wait to go out there, and how special it's going to be. Like at all the right moments. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's already th- happened
0: or if it's later on, but at some point he says this is going to be the greatest day of my life. Like, he, yeah, I mean, he says he says
1: that, that or something like that multiple times throughout the episode.
0: Alright, so Frank's got water in his pants. We then uh, go later that night to Carol and Frank still arguing about everything that's going on with Mark on the team in the bedroom. They can't come to any sort of conclusion about Mark, who then comes into the room. Uh, he wants to thank Coach, uh, Coach what does he call him? Is he calling him Coach Frank or Coach something?
1: Uh, maybe just coach. Uh, He does call him coach. I can't remember exactly.
0: He's like, coach, I just want to let you know that I'm so thankful that you're letting me be on the team and play uh, on this championship. It means so much to me. Like, he literally came all the way up to the bedroom just to tell him how thankful he is.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, Then we go check in on this uh, no sleep contest. We've got Dana and Karen. They're in the kitchen. Karen is the one struggling. Dana seems to be doing pretty well. But uh, Karen is like, Dana says, "Karen, why don't you just like do some stretches, and I'll get some caffeine." And she like throws a leg up onto the uh, countertop and starts stretching. <laughs> she almost, if not, oh, actually yeah. falls asleep on here. She could have been eliminated right there. Honestly, you're
1: giving you're giving Dana a little bit more credit than I did. I thought they were both pretty pretty struggling at this point. And they do mention it's four o'clock in the morning. They've been doing it for thirty six hours, and they're thirty just...
0: six. Has it really been that long?
1: That's what they said. Jeez. That's what they said. Well, the I don't know if I've ever. I was going to say, I don't know if I've ever stayed up 36 hours. I've definitely done like, you know, 24 plus, but not by much. Yeah.
0: That's a long time. Um, Kara or Dana goes over and grabs some super generic soda. I wrote down the name of it, but I can't find it now. You didn't write it down, did you? Oh, touchdown. Touchdown Cola is the name of the uh, soda that they drink. uh, Okay. On step-by-step apparently. And then, uh, Dana starts to try to, like, motivate Karen to stay up a little more.
1: Yeah, they're doing the best they can.
0: Uh, we then go check on the guys. Uh, JT's the one struggling in the two of them. Um, he can barely stay awake. He wants to give up. They're He's in the crying. Room. He's, yeah. like,
1: breaking.
0: Uh, Cody, though... Doing great. Somehow he's solved the Rubik's Cube and he feels like that the uh, less sleep that he gets, the smarter that he gets at this point. Yeah, he's tuning
1: into like the universe. He's getting signals from everywhere. He is, he's becoming one with the world.
0: Yep. Uh, Dana and Karen come in to check and see how the two of them are doing. And uh, obviously everyone, except maybe Cody is uh, having a real tough time.
1: Yeah, no, Cody is fine. Cody is just getting smarter and better and like doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, mentally now.
0: So now we're there at the uh, the moment we've all been waiting for. It's the baseball championships. Uh, the game is just getting started. Um, Al is telling Frank, there's no way we can let Mark play. We're going to lose. And Frank says, don't worry. This is the plan. We're going to, we're, we're way better than the Lions. We're going to get a whole bunch of runs. We're going to take the lead. And then once we have a big enough lead where there's no way we're going to lose, that's when we'll put Mark in and everything will be completely fine
1: can i tell you a funny story yeah so i played baseball when i was a kid i was awful awful i was bad i was the kid that sat on the bench for most if not all of the game because i was just bad um my team though was always really really good like my team was always in the championships and one game against the worst team in the league um for whatever reason i said hey can i pitch and my coach was like sure because we were up by you know almost mercy rule style scores they i think they got 10 runs off of me in a like 10 minute period so i that was my one time pitching
0: Jeez, way to go we yeah. still won we still won bad coach
1: pretty sure i had a couple kids <laughs> um but.
0: so yeah uh we skip ahead it's now the bottom of the ninth there's uh there's one out and uh we see the next out go like someone else gets out on the team so now we're down to the final out the Cubs are down by one run. Not and even that's, up. that's
1: the Lambert's team. The Lambert's team is the one that is down by one. Yeah,
0: they're expecting them to be up by a lot at this point. But Mark is begging to go in. All he wants to do is play. And uh, they only have one last chance to win it. There's the last batter, and Frank puts Mark in. And the crowd goes crazy. Not this in a good ridiculous. way. Everyone is booing. Everyone <laughs> Even the person sitting on both sides of Carol in the this, uh, crowd.
1: This is ridiculous. Like, out of, I, I've, there's a lot of movies where there's a moment where the bad player is like there and it's kind of the pit. I've never seen them write it in a way where the crowd just is so hateful and so cruel to the kid that's about to get up there. I, this was hard to watch almost.
0: <laughs> I think it's just because you were so bad when you were a kid. <laughs>
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe I could feel the pain, but come on, like be grown ups. Don't boo this poor 10 year old kid.
0: And this is while Mark is in the batter's box. He's getting ready yeah. to bat, bat and he's, I mean, it's too much for him. All the boos have now, uh, Ugh. let him know that he shouldn't be It's painful be this to talk game. about it now. He walks back to the bench. Uh, Frank, uh, gives him a little bit of a pet talk, uh, pep talk while he's walking to the bench still goes to sit down and then Al gets up. And I was like, you get back in the game or pretty much, I'm going to punch you in the face. If you don't,
1: well, no, she doesn't just lay it out like that. What she's like, you're part of this team. And the coach said to get up there and hit. So you need to do what the coach tells you to, and you need to be part of the team and, 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 you know, do what you're supposed to do.
0: And if you don't, I'm going to punch you in the face. face. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So he goes up strike one next pitch strike two. So literally we're down to the final pitch of the game. We go into slow-mo mode. We hear all of Mark's physics thoughts, how fast the ball is going, how much the bat weighs, how fast he needs to swing the bat. The pitch is coming as this happens. Mark swings. He hits it, and he hits a home run. They win the game. There was a batter on second. The score is 7-6. to six. The Cubs win. They win the championships. Everyone <laughs> the is Cubs going win. crazy. The they pick up Mark. He's up on the shoulders uh everyone's going nuts and yeah that, and this is very
1: go ahead I'm sorry I'm just
0: saying that's where the episode ends just everyone going crazy well, with Mark celebrating and everyone's so happy
1: this is very so the 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 name of this episode the unnatural uh-huh. is obviously a play on the movie the natural and this is a very much a a homage to the end of that movie where he hits the ball and that movie it goes into the into the um the lights and all the lights spark and it's this big like showy thing and this you know it goes back and it hits the scoreboard and like knocks the score off in this episode and kind of it's a it's an homage to to that final scene in the natural
0: we do get a credit scene we got check- so it so
1: so so i know during i don't know if you caught it i don't know if you were there during the boy meets world panel They um specifically mentioned that these scenes are called tags it is okay. the tag uh to the episode so just just a note
0: what do you, what does that mean exactly
1: like they're ta- like it tags on to the end of the episode like the scene oh the scene, credit scene yeah they're okay. called tags tags yeah,
0: okay yeah. um so i'm still gonna call them credit scenes that's uh, fine that's fine we've got uh we're checking in on the sleeping competition uh obviously cody cody's the assistant coach if we didn't mention that so he's not asleep we know that Dana, Karen, JT, all asleep on the couch when they get home from the game. Um, they uh, declare, I think that Cody's the winner. Obviously, I mean,
1: well, because the rest of the family walks in from the game and sees that these three are asleep, and they're like, "Well, Cody, you're still awake, so you're one of the, you know, you've won."
0: Yeah, and at this moment too, Cody's still awake. We said that he keeps getting smarter the less he sleeps. He has now discovered the meaning of life by uh, coming to him by doing this, and he's like. He's about to tell everyone what the meaning of life is and then he falls asleep standing up right there in the living room.
1: The end. There is one uh TJF alum in this, one of the fans in the stand was also in an episode of Baby Talk, the one where James becomes Santa, or, you know, he gets the job as Santa and she's like one of the one of the moms or people that comes to see Santa while while he's there.
0: And then everyone goes and gets Jan Hog. Everyone goes and gets Jan some Hog. pizza after that.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, getting by. Nine o'clock every Friday night back then. Uh, this is season one, episode five. The name of the episode is "The Suit," and it starts off with uh Darren, and he's uh practicing a, practicing like a uh, a speech in the mirror. Marcus comes in and says, "And uh, well, Marcus is already like on his bed, I think, and like as Darren is uh practicing the speech, he turns up some MC Hammer. Can't touch this, uh." Which then makes Darren start like changing his I, I thought it was like a little tactic to like loosen him up a little, which seemed like it was working. He starts singing and dancing while he's giving his speech, but then of course the two of them argue and start wrestling.
1: Start fighting. Yep.
0: Yep. Dolores runs in, she breaks it up, and uh Darren shows his mom, um, that uh he's getting an award, which is why he's practicing a speech. He wrote an essay for school, he's getting an award, and there's a big awards dinner this Friday where he's gonna accept it.
1: Yeah, he's won $300.
0: 300 bucks. Kathy comes in and uh, starts telling Darren how important this dinner is. I mean, there's going to be a lot but, of important people First there. of all,
1: we we find out that she already even knew about it. She, like, helped him with the paper. She knew and, about
0: the essay. She didn't know about the award, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. I, I think true. she but said she did. came
0: up with the title for the, uh, for the essay. Yeah.
1: But his mom didn't know anything about it.
0: So she's like, this is so important. You need to make sure that you're impressing the right people. I mean, these could lead to, like, future... Like experiences and opportunities for you when you grow up older and like this is such a big deal and you have to be perfect. And now it's starting to what it seems make Darren a little nervous about this dinner where he seemed like pretty comfortable before.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say that's accurate.
0: So theme song, we come back to Dolores telling Darren that uh, they need to go get his uh, dad's suit altered because uh, Darren needs a suit to wear for this thing. And uh, Darren's like, oh, I really want to look good. Are we sure that's the right suit? And uh, this is a big deal. And I guess Dolores is like, yeah, you should should wear that suit.
1: Well, I think that there seems to be kind of like two things driving Dolores here. One is A, to save money. But B, it seems like there's, you can kind of get some like sentimental, you know effects i guess or she seems to be very sentimental Yeah, because up to this point
0: we don't really know what happened to the dad right
1: we have heard that he died we did know that from okay. episode one but that's that's it. they mentioned it once and i don't know if they've ever mentioned it again since then i don't
0: think they have um oh. so the next scene is kathy and uh she's making darren even more nervous giving him like etiquette lessons like if you're sitting down at the dinner like you need to use this fork and this knife and this is what this means and all this stuff and it's just more stuff on top of everything that she's already told him. That's just more for him to have to worry about than he already has to do with giving this speech. You know,
1: I don't know if I, I don't. I, I don't know. I didn't get that she was making him nervous. More is just like kind of overwhelming him with the fact that he she, he needs to learn. Yeah, all overwhelming,
0: stuff. I, nervous. I mean, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so. but Dolores tells Darren, you know what? Everyone just needs to be themselves. Uh chill out a little bit. It's not that big of a deal. You don't have to do everything exactly by the book. And uh, even your brother and his brother's like elbows on the table and chomping down some food or something like, (laughs) all right, well, maybe your brother shouldn't go. I think is what she says.
1: Well, no. So he doesn't want his brother to go because his brother can't handle himself. But she says she Dolores tells Kathy, like I taught my kids all I need to know. Chew with your mouth shut and keep your elbows off the table. Cuts to them. They're both have their elbows on the table. They're both chewing with their mouth open. And so they like correct themselves really quick. And then uh, Marcus is the first to break. And that's why Darren said, does he have to go?
0: Um. So then the next scene is uh, Kathy still giving Darren uh, like etiquette lessons on like how to approach guests and how to talk yeah, how to smooth, people. Trues. And uh, Dolores comes in and tells him that uh, he needs to go to bed. It's getting late go get some rest. And then uh, he goes upstairs, I think. And Dolores tells Kathy that she really appreciates everything she's doing for Darren, but just you can't overdo it. You can't make it too much because it might get to him and it, it just won't be good.
1: But she's like, don't make sure there's some of my son left by the time you're done.
0: Yeah. Um, the next scene is at the uh, department of social services where we know Kathy and Dolores work. And Dolores is wondering why Darren's 45 minutes late, why he's not even there yet. They're supposed to go yeah. get that suit altered today. And she hasn't seen him or heard from him.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: And then Dolores tells Kathy that uh, she kind of thinks that Darren's changing a little bit. Like, this is a little too much. And uh, she's, Kathy's like, don't worry. It's going to be fine. Um, It's not going to go to his head or anything. And uh, he won't get carried away. He's very level headed. And then as he's saying, as they're saying this, we hear Darren like, announce his arrival to the (laughs) uh social services building
1: he's he struts in in a nice brand new 300 dollars suit
0: brand new i think he says it's a ralph lauren suit
1: ralph lauren yep
0: brand new it's tailored it's fit it's perfect and uh we know that uh dolores is a little concerned immediately because this is not the suit from uh from his father
1: it's not his dad's yeah he wouldn't spend his prize money on this
0: yep spent the 300 bucks and she's not happy about this this was supposed to be set away for college but instead he has spent this 300 dollars, and it appears from what he says that the idea uh kind of came from kathy because she told him that he needs to look good and feel good and uh it was worth spending the money yes um then we go back to the house right
1: yep yeah we're in the bathroom um we're in
0: the bedroom and like darren's coming out of the bathroom right
1: yeah, 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 correct.
0: Darren just got out of the shower. He's singing uh I Feel Good. And- yeah, he's
1: real high on himself, real high on himself. Yeah, he
0: loves this new suit that he got. Marcus comes into the bedroom, and uh, Darren tells him they've only got 20 minutes. They need to get ready. Marcus accidentally sits on Darren's suit at this time, which gets Darren mad. They argue a little bit. Dolores comes in once again, and... Uh, She sees that Marcus isn't ready and starts and like gets him to like move along. Like he he makes some like comment about like oh just throw some cologne on. I don't need to take a shower or anything like that. And she's like, go take a shower. (laughs) Don't just splash cologne on you.
1: Yeah. Turn the take an actual shower. Yeah.
0: Um, and then we get to the dinner. We're at this fancy place. I don't remember the name of it or whatever, but it's got I don't know nice. I mean, it's a like a banquet hall, but like a super nice one. Like.
1: they walk in like the whole family everyone is like this is crazy this This is amazing amazing. chandelier yeah it's
0: way above what they're what they're used to for sure um so kathy's encouraging darren like we know from the beginning of the episode you need to go out you need to mingle you need to make a good impression so darren walks over to like this group of people talking he tries to like but himself into the conversation, like giving a little bit of a joke, but they pretty much ignore him when he, when he goes over there and talks.
1: Yeah. It, he's a little awkward. I mean, he's not, he kind of, yeah, he's just awkward. I mean, he,
0: he, he repeats like the same joke that some other kids said pretty much like, right. Oh, that's two, six zeros and two commas. Ha <laughs> And then he's like, Oh, that's a two and two zeros. No, it didn't go very well. I don't think it was good, it didn't. good for either room, but the f- worked the first time for some reason.
1: Well, because it, it was setting up like that these are just like rich, snobby people. And and then the second time it just it fell.
0: Yeah. Um, then we go to Marcus, who uh, has come out of the bathroom in this place. And he's like, you'll never believe what they have in the bathroom. Like they've got a guy that gives you like cologne and stuff. And then there was this whole <laughs> bowl of money. And he like grabbed. He shows them like a lot of money that he took, took all the money. Obviously, the tip jar for uh, the dude in the bathroom. um then uh they're like you got to take that money back and then Dolores uh they're talking about like finding a guy not really finding a guy for Dolores but I guess a lot of guys are coming up to Dolores and she's not really showing any interest in any of
1: them I was surprised they didn't lean in more to the fact that there's these two single women are at this place with all these kind of rich eligible yeah well, uh, especially with there's like the last potential, episode we eligible. had right I mean right, that was like right. the whole
0: thing but yeah um she's not really showing any interest but we then start to learn that all of these people are coming up to Dolores because Darren has been kind of making some up, some stuff up about his There's dad. No, no, kind of. There's no He's kind been of. making some stuff up about his dad. And yes. things like how he was like a speechwriter for Martin Luther King. And oh, he almost like,
1: was on the Supreme Court.
0: Almost on the Supreme Court. And uh, Dolores is not happy and goes off to find Darren who went to the bathroom.
1: Yep. So she just marches on into the men's room,
0: barges into the bathroom, kicks everyone else out of the bathroom, because <laughs> um, Darren's in there like telling more lies to more uh, to other guys when when she walks in there, and she starts getting real mad at him for uh, saying all this stuff, and uh, she this i am getting this little mixed up because there are there's some similarities with this in the next episode that we oh very well. much so
1: they're they're very thematically the same but she comes in and she's like you can't don't don't make up lies and he and he says you know i don't want my i don't want these people to know that dad was was a roofer and she's like don't do that she's like do not demean your father he worked hard and he in i don't almost made a really bad pun but i mean he put a roof over our head he, he brought money home um, and and there's nothing wrong with that. He was an honorable man, and and you you know you're being a, you're being disgraceful by by you know making up lies to make him sound like somebody he wasn't.
0: Yeah, and Darren makes a comment in the middle of this too, and says something like he just really wants to have a better life than right. what they have. And uh, she gets mad at him for like disrespecting his father, and then we like see him turn around and he's got like tears coming down his face. He was crying. He doesn't. I mean, obviously it's hard for him to talk about his father. His father died. And this is where we learn a little more about that. I mean, we don't know exactly how he died. Right. But we know that he did die. He was a roofer and, uh, and uh, Dolores was very proud of him. Like the things that he did uh, to help the family, like with everything. I mean, even though he was a roofer, he was doing like, he was putting a roof over their head and giving them food on the table. Like you said. Well, and that's what she
1: said. She's like, look, you know, he might, we might not have been rich and, and, And that that's just the way it was. But I'll tell you what, we had a, we had a really nice roof on top of our house, <laughs> yeah. and and you know your dad was was a, was a good man.
0: Yeah, and uh, she kind of tells Darren how proud uh, his father would have been of him. And uh, at this point, too, Kathy comes in and she uh, tells them that it's award time. We need to go out there. So Dolores and Marcus, or I'm sorry, Dolores and Darren leave the bathroom to go accept the award. Which leaves Kathy in the bathroom all alone. She's well. So first,
1: so so Darren goes out by himself, and and, and Dolores is there for a minute, um, and Kathy gets Dolores to apologize. Or excuse me, Kathy apologizes to Dolores uh, for you know getting Marcus's. Or, <laughs> I can't get these names Darren. right. Darren's name all our head all blown up, and and uh, Dolores of course says that's fine. Don't worry about it. And then she walks out.
0: Yeah, and that leaves oh. Kathy just like. I'm in a men's restroom. Like, this and is a men's like, room. Look what they have over here and over here. And then she opens up the stall and there's some dude pooping in it. And she screams. <laughs> that's the, that's it. Uh, credit scene. We do get one this time with, uh, Darren giving his, uh, acceptance speech, telling everyone, thank you. And he even thanks his, uh, late father. And he even says at, during the speech that he's proud that he was like a great roofer. That was highly respected. And, uh, you kind of just see like the happiness in his eyes and also his mom's eyes. And mm. then uh, finishes the speech. Marcus and Dolores jump up with some Arsenio Hall. Woop, woop, and uh, that's the end of the episode.
1: That's it. A uh, couple people in this episode okay. that were some of the kids that were milling around. They were hard to see. Again, not great quality episode. You can make out one of them really well on stage at the very end in that last uh, part of the episode. But uh, Matthew Warren played Owen. He was on episode of Step by Step. He was on the 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 Tug of War episode. He was Rolf, and then um, not a TGIF alum yet. She, this is her first appearance on TGIF. But Rachel True, she was the girl who was on stage next to him. I guess one of the other winners. Uh-huh. Um, she was really well known for a number of things, but probably most from the Craft. She was Rochelle, one of the one of the witches, one of the girls in the Craft. Um, she what's
0: what's her TGIF connection? Uh,
1: she's at least on an episode of Family Matters. Okay maybe two and I think uh, another show or two as well okay cool
0: so uh, we then go to 930 this is Where I Live season one episode five Doug Gets Busy is the name of this episode
1: he does
0: starts off where it's school we haven't seen the classroom yet have we first time
1: no this is the first time new set
0: new set we're in the classroom Uh, and the
1: teacher by the way from New Attitude if you remember the episode with the toupee he was the guy with the toupee
0: I like this guy I think he does a good job as the teacher I agree um, economics class. Is that what they're doing? Sounds right. Makes sense. Um, so, uh, the teacher's collecting homework. That's where we start yes. off. Collecting That's homework. Um, they go over to get, uh, Ma- Malcolm's homework and Malcolm didn't do his homework. And apparently he rarely does his homework.
1: Fair enough. He's busy. Got things going on.
0: Yeah, and uh, we get Doug talking to the camera once again, uh, saying that there's like he's like the ring announcer, pretty much. Like he's about to start like this fight between Malcolm and the teacher. At this point, we uh, learn that uh, the teacher's offering him some extra credit, and Malcolm doesn't want to do it. And the teacher tells him, "Well, if you don't do it, you're gonna fail." And then uh, Malcolm's like, "Well, I need some help." Uh, and somehow, both uh, Reggie and he straight
1: up volunteers Doug he says I can I I don't think I can get this done unless I have Doug's help and so the teacher's like Doug where's your homework Doug says "Uh, well oh you know I did it but I accidentally put um Reggie's name on instead of my name and that's how Reggie gets dragged into it so the teacher's now like all three
0: yeah so he's making all three of them do this extra credit assignment and uh Malcolm is still trying to get out of it saying that he doesn't think that he needs to do it But he tells them that uh, you guys are going to create a business and you need to show me that it can be uh, economically sound. And that's your assignment over the weekend. Come back and report back on
1: Monday. That's a pretty big like one weekend assignment. Start a business. Let's know how it goes.
0: Yeah. um, So we go to our theme song and we come back with uh, the boys on the stoop. They're talking about the extra credit project. Malcolm says he's got an idea. Uh, we can create a sushi bar for Harlem. That's one thing that Harlem doesn't have. We'll go catch some fish from the uh, river, and uh, we'll make a sushi bar. And Reggie's like, "That's not gonna work." Uh, an awful idea. We need to find out what the people of Harlem actually want. And they start looking around, and they see a whole bunch of people with like Malcolm X shirts on, like all over the
1: place. Like everybody has a Malcolm X T-shirt. on.
0: Everyone. And then uh, Malcolm gets an idea. He he knows what to do to make money.
1: He's got it. We all we're all there with him.
0: So we go upstairs. Uh, Doug's dad's up there. He can't find any of his t-shirts. They're all missing. Uh, he blames Sharon at first, but uh,
1: well, he doesn't blame Sharon at first. Marie blames Sharon. That's right. And and then they go talk to her, and then we find out.
0: Yeah, and Sharon's like, "I didn't, t- I didn't take him, but whoever did, you need to like <laughs> kill him or something." That's what she said.
1: But <laughs> make sure you punish him well and beat him, yeah. beat him hard.
0: And then Doug walks out. He tries to get out real quick uh, because under his arm, he's got all of his dad's t-shirts and uh, he tells him he needs them for a school project.
1: Yeah. It's, there's a lot of back and forth. He's like, look, I'm going to, we got to start a business, the job. And he's like, "Uh, all right, fine.
0: Uh, his mom takes the shirts from him though. And, uh, his dad, like, mentions, like what like he's done in other episodes, that he really needs to get a job. He can go to school and have a job at the same time, and uh, it's something that he needs to do at his age. Um, Tells him that he does, like, uh, Doug tells his dad, well, I don't want to be a box boy or a cab driver, and then this is kind of what sets off his dad. Like.
1: Yeah, because his dad is a cab driver, and evidently his first job was also a box boy, and Doug... You know, is looking down on those things.
0: Yeah, and then Doug starts to explain this idea of, that they have to make money. They're going to make shirts. They're going to sell them. They're going to make a whole bunch of money. He's not going to have to be a box boy or a cab driver. He can do this, and uh, it'll be his calling card, pretty much.
1: Exactly, exactly. <coughs> mm,
0: excuse me. Um. So, yeah, uh, his dad's like, all right, take the shirts, but you can kind of tell that he's gonna he's letting him take the shirts because he doesn't think this is going to be successful yeah he he's kind of like point. skeptic
1: skeptical and curious at the same time
0: so then we go uh to the boys they're downstairs they're trying to sell harlem sushi shirts now yeah. um they're not i don't know making a restaurant they're just selling shirts that say harlem sushi on it i guess it's supposed to be a joke right because like the i couldn't see this the, the the picture on the shirts very well but i'm assuming it's like a toxic fish or something from the river it's yeah it gonna, looked like a
1: whole fish rolled in rice with but yeah like kind of like you said toxic green you know excise
0: so um they try selling these shirts it's not going well and then there's this like street hustler frank that comes up to him and he's like you guys need Franklin. To learn- i think it's franklin franklin yeah so franklin comes up and he's like you guys need to learn how to hustle this isn't the way i can sell these shirts and you know what i'll sell them for you if you give me 10 percent of the profit and they're like we don't believe that you can even sell him. He's like, let me see that shirt. He and then he starts like lying to people, saying that Harlem Sushi's this new uh, Eddie Murphy movie coming out, and uh, people start- Eddie Murphy, Pat
1: Moriarty, it's coming out. They're charging thirty dollars a shirt in L.A. You can get her right here now, nineteen ninety nine.
0: Yeah, and twenty five bucks if you want it signed, right? <laughs> is that here <laughs> yeah, too? And,
1: and then you see Malcolm over there. Uh, start signing t-shirts for Murphy and Pat Moriarty.
0: But yeah, it looks like it's working. They're selling these shirts. Everybody for wants one. 20, 25 bucks a piece. And uh, they're going away fast. And then we go uh, upstairs to Doug. He's uh, showing his uh, dad all the money that he made. He sold all the shirts and uh, he even made more money than his dad made uh, working the cab ride.
1: Yeah. His dad brought home $42 in tips that day and Doug uh, made 60.
0: Yeah and uh he tells him well i'm glad that you found something that you're successful in but uh who am i to to uh, agree with what's successful like a more of like a comment on the whole dig about being a cab driver kind of thing
1: yes yeah i think he's starting to it's starting to he's starting to feel it a little bit
0: yeah um then we see the boys kind of celebrating their success outside uh malcolm suggests you know what guys if we can do this, if we can sell shirts, we can make all this money. What do we need school for? Like, I mean, honestly, they're not teaching us any of this stuff. We did this on our own. We don't need to go to school. I'm going to drop out. And uh Reggie and Doug are like, uh I don't know about this idea. I think yeah. Well, cuz he's trying change. to get all of them to drop out. He's like
1: we should all just drop out and do this and they're like, uh no. We're not going to do the dropout part.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it looks like that's what Malcolm's going to do though. Like he walks off, yeah. leaves the two of them behind and uh, I think Malcolm's made his decision.
1: Yeah, he has.
0: And that's where we oh, go. It's Monday morning back at school. Um, the teacher's ready to hear about this extra credit project. Malcolm is nowhere to be found. He's like, where's Malcolm? But Malcolm does walk in at this point. I thought maybe he had a change of heart and he decided to come back to school. But no, he's there just to give his like resignation letter to the teacher, letting him know that he's dropping out of school. And uh, he thanks his teacher for the inspiration to do so and uh, walks out of the classroom.
1: This is a pretty boss move. For a dropout, like, like he walks, in, he's like, here's my two weeks, my two weeks notice. I'll see you later. Um, but he also says something, too, that I think catches the teacher off guard and makes a good point. He's like, you know, I'm sick of you making fun of me. You, you've been you've been giving me a hard time for two years now. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And hands him the two week notice and walks out. And the teacher, the teacher has a look in his face like maybe did I, I, did I, did I do something wrong. Maybe I maybe I didn't handle this the best way.
0: Uh, we go back to the apartment to uh doug's parents talking about doug uh being a little disappointed that his dad's a cab driver like this is where like mom and dad are kind of talking about it for the first time that we see at
1: least well james come in came comes in and says marie are you you know are you disappointed in me you know are you are you upset that you're just married to a cab driver and and, you know she of course is not at all she is yeah, she's like, I'm always
0: gonna be proud of you and glad that you're doing all the stuff that you do for the family. I mean, you make a lot of sacrifices and stuff, and like then uh James mentions that he does wanna he does wanna help Doug reach his dreams and uh he I mean even if Doug is a little disappointed in his dad just being a cab driver, I mean, it's more important to him that he sees Doug succeed.
1: Right. Right.
0: And uh Oh, and then, like, uh, Marie says something like, uh, you're always going to be a father first. Like, talking about, like, the cab driver's not the important part. It's the father part that's the important part.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's very supportive, of course.
0: And then we have our Diss of the Week right here. You're assuming
1: Douglas is as smart as the plant.
0: (laughs) And then uh, Doug gets home. Um, He gets home, uh, comments about... uh, he makes a comment about the uh, all the women being in the kitchen, like Little House on the Prairie, and th- this sets off his mom and his sister pretty bad.
1: Yeah, he does that, and then he tells them that Malcolm dropped out. He's, like, flaunting this new CD player that he just bought. All kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, and of course, like, uh, this kind of upsets his mom because, like, she's just had this conversation with her dad about uh, how James has been, like, sacrificing and all of his money pretty much just goes to the house and the food and everything. And now Malcolm has, or uh, now Doug has some money and he's going out and buying a CD player with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, why doesn't dad do that? And she does exactly what you said. that He's too busy spending his money on you to make sure you have food and a house. Uh,
0: We then go to uh, Reggie and Doug with another shot at selling shirts. Uh, They have to sell different shirts. Now Malcolm's got the uh, Harlem sushi shirts. So they're selling, uh, what do the new ones say?
1: Harlem teriyaki. And That's they look right. awful. The, the Harlem sushi shirt at least looked like a, Professional. a halfway decent Yeah, screen print. This is. This looks like they took some markers and just drew on a shirt.
0: No, it looks like they took some teriyaki and dripped it on a shirt. That's
1: fair. That's fair.
0: So, um, yeah, they're not selling these shirts, though. No one's buying these things. No. And uh, they've now considered just giving up on this whole shirt idea.
1: Yeah, it, it's done.
0: Uh, then we go to Franklin he's uh
1: well first Malcolm comes by and Malcolm's still got a bunch of got handfuls of money he's making from mm-hmm. these uh sushi shirts
0: and he's like ah oh, you should you should have came with me you don't need school I'm I'm the uh, answer for all your money needs yep that's where we go to Franklin uh and he is now selling Harlem sushi shirts he's stolen Malcolm's design and he's selling them for five dollars five dollars.
1: <laughs> hustling
0: yeah so Malcolm comes over he gets well, they, they first of
1: all they do squeeze they do squeeze a little bit of Kwame in there he's like oh yeah. Ma- Malcolm's gonna be mad when he finds out Kwanzi like, right Kwanzi I'm sorry Kwanzi he's like Malcolm's gonna be mad when he finds out and Frank's like I don't care make money
0: yeah he's like he needs to learn like how business is and all I'm doing is uh, taking like this opportunity and then that and then Malcolm comes over and pretty much tells him well it's a jungle out there and like too bad I'm. this is what I'm doing
1: yeah, he's like, You did you did you trademark it? Did you copyright it? This business from the
0: from the uh trademark shirt commission or something. Like he made up. <laughs> he makes it
1: up. Right? Totally yeah. makes it up. Totally makes it up.
0: Yeah. Uh back to the apartment one more time with uh Doug getting home, not happy that this whole shirt thing is not gonna happen. And he tells his uh tells his dad that uh he made like eighteen bucks or thirty something. It was a lot less money than he had made the day before.
1: I don't think he made anything. I think he came back up and was like, I didn't make anything. I'm done. I think he said he made
0: $18 in three hours, I thought, or something like that. Okay. But it doesn't okay. matter. The important part is that uh, he's no longer doing this shirt thing. He has now got a job being a box boy. He did exactly what his father wanted to do. He's happy about it. He's like, I, I just want something that has a solid paycheck, something I that's uh, going to be there at all times. And... Uh, I listened to you, dad. I did what you wanted me to do.
1: And I brought you a sandwich.
0: I brought you a sandwich. Cause I guess the box boy jobs at the deli. Is that?
1: Uh, yeah. It's like at the, the corner market.
0: Yeah. And he's like, I even, uh, I know that you're, you were, I knew that you were probably hungry. So I made you the sandwich at the deli. And here you go. Cause I mean, yeah. it's like uh, dad provides for him. He provides for his dad. Exactly. Dad ra- unwraps. It takes a bite. And he's like, I've never tasted a better sandwich. And he's like, and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the joke at the end of the episode is uh, Doug saying, good, let me know when you find my finger in it. Because I guess he cut it off with a deli slicer or something. See, End of the episode. That's it. That's uh, getting by for or we, where I live for the week.
1: Another, We have a lot of little tiny TGIF people okay. in here this, this week. Another, or In all the episodes. But this one, there was one guy who was one of the shoppers for the t-shirts who was in Howie and Rose of all shows. He was the... Oh, uh, wow this Ellie Dixon L. W. Dixon he was the station engineer in Howie and Rose
0: I forgot about that show was that a cartoon or no no it
1: wasn't no 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 no.
0: do we have Howie Mandel cartoons or did that, is that not part of the show
1: we, we did I do think that we had a Bobby's World like Saturday, it was either part of Saturday Morning of, Special or something I, I think it was Saturday Morning Special yeah I don't think the actual show was on it but yes
0: Uh, you want to rank them I, I've got mine I feel like it's pretty clear to me this week for some reason we might not agree, but I got mine.
1: I don't know if I. I think go you go and let me hear what you have to say. I I don't know if I have an, a really a good ranking this week.
0: Where I live, number one, not my favorite. Where I live, number two, getting by, and number one, step by step.
1: Yeah, where I live and and getting by to me were very similar. I thought they were good. I honestly, I thought all three of these episodes were decent episodes. These were like you know top seventy five percent episodes. Did you have they, a favorite like of the all the three? Best. I probably step by step. I probably put step by step. In a, and then the other two re- could go in either order there. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not too far behind number one, in my opinion. I thought they, I thought everything was decent this week. It was a uh, solid week
0: What do we have coming up next week on the show?
1: All right. Stick with me, Steve. Okay. It's going to be, try. it's a little complicated. It's a little complicated. All right. So family matters and step by step are in rerun. So here's what I'm proposing. Oh great! Something weird. It, do I have to make a
0: decision right now?
1: Uh, I've already made the decision. This is what we're okay. doing. Okay.
0: Okay. This is what we're doing. Uh,
1: This is what we're doing. So Where I Live, for whatever reason, episode, so that we just watched episode five. Episode six did not air on Friday. It aired like during that same week. And then episode seven aired on Friday. So they showed two episodes in one week. So um, I've got Where I Live, episode six. We're gonna watch. That was not part of TJ but We're gonna watch that. Um, Getting by season one, episode six. And then Where I Live, season one, episode seven. So we'll watch two episodes of Where I Live getting by season one. Now here's the other piece. I'm looking at your spreadsheet.
0: I already know the answer.
1: Yeah. So uh, there's another show that starts soon on TGIF. It starts on episode six. It's called home free. It's got Matthew Perry. It's got our good friend, Brooke Thies. Um, but like I said, they start on episode six. So in order for us to be kind of on par with that, I I've got us watching home free episode one as part of next week. So it'll be four episodes where I live six. I, this is the way i ordered it on the spreadsheet where i live six home free one getting by season one episode six and where i live episode seven um so four episodes two actually aired on TJF. two were just kind of setting us up for other shows uh that week in that season
0: and then it looks like the next few weeks we'll be watching those uh those home free episodes is that kind of the blame? yeah man i
1: i was able i'll tell you this took a lot of work but i was able to piece together every episode every relevant episode of home free that we need to watch to see the whole TGIF run and up to it.
0: All right, I'm down, let's do it.
1: Cool, so that's what we'll watch. And we might, we might not watch them in the order I just said, we might watch like Getting By and then the two Where I Lives and then Home Free, but I don't know. I'd kind of like to keep the time for, times as much as possible. So like the nine o'clock and the 9.30 is the last two. Yeah, and then I'm good to keep it in the yeah. order
0: you said, that's fine, we'll do uh, Where I Live first, then Home Free, then Getting By, then the other Where I Live. Sounds good. Perfect, uh, thanks to El Noir for the theme song once again this week.
1: Thanks again to GalaxyCon for having us. We had Galaxy a lot of a great time. Thanks to everybody who came out. It was a really good crowd. It yeah. was good to see some familiar faces and it was a lot of fun. So I appreciate everyone that came by and it was good to, we got to get our pictures with the Boy Meets World folks, talk to them a little bit. Hopefully we'll see them again sometime. I don't know. We
0: talked to the voice of baby too.
1: Yeah. I got baby and the, I got baby's autograph and I got the the Robbie's puppeteer. I got nice. both of them to sign trading cards. So I went for uh, it this year
0: tgifcast at gmail.com if you want to send in your own theme song at tgifcast on all social media make sure you're following us for any updates things that we do different and then uh where you can actually see us live at maybe some more cons this uh spring and summer
1: yep probably awesome con in june i think that's it anything else dude no that's it all right have a good week you got it dude. it's friday night and I'm right. i had so fun I'll show you how to TV be a